Welcome to another episode of Confessions with Dr. Mosby um, on our segment of EJ, Get Your Shit Together, You're Almost 18. This is part 13, and um, Elliot and I were having a conversation just about, you know, life and um, the many different facets of life, and so... I was, you know, dropping some gems to him. And he said, hey, mom, he said, you know, I think this would be a good opportunity, you know, for us to record an episode. And I said, you sure? Because it's kind of personal. But um, I said, okay. So to kind of catch you up to what we were talking about, and then we'll continue. So um, here lately, and when I say lately, like the past year, year and a half, I've been on this um, mission or this journey for balance. And so um, learning how to balance who I am personally as well as who I am professionally. And depending on the environment, there are different sides of me professionally. There are different sides of me personally. So over this past year... um, I've always read a lot, but I've been reading more and more, you know, just to understand people and to just understand the way in which things operate. And so right now I have roughly 60 employees and that's a lot when it comes to understanding personalities, when it comes to understanding how people think, how people operate. And one of the things that has helped me being an educator is that I have learned to reach people where they are versus where I want them to be. And I'll say that again. I have learned to reach people where they are and not where I want them to be. And I have carried that across my family, um, my group of friends, and it is amazing how I'm able to understand life in a more simplistic way that I do that. You know, with my employees, you know, I, I take it upon myself to study them and to see how they operate and to pay attention. And so I am able to recognize childlike behavior when they do it, I, I taught high school for three months. And I don't know what made me think that I was cut out for teaching high school. But anyway, I did. And in teaching high school, those students, you know, oh, my God, that year I was about to pull my hair out. And one day I said, I got to start looking at them as toddlers not diminishing their value at all, but I think that was where it started for me to start looking at people for who they really were and not who I wanted them to be. And so when I started looking at um, my students as toddlers, it made a world of difference because, you know, they would get upset. Oh my God. If I gave one student, you know, more attention than the other one, or if I gave one student a bag of cheeses and I only had some fruit snacks, I mean, those are things that children 
get upset about. And so the conversation that I was having with Elliot is we were talking about that. And we were talking in particular about our physical age versus our spiritual, our spiritual and mental age. And so I am a believer that our physical age, meaning the body, meaning the flesh, the bones, um, that is one age. And then we are a totally different age mentally and spiritually. And that the only way that you can tap into how old you are spiritually is if you, you know, become one with yourself and remove the physical part from being a hindrance. I'm sure many of you've heard the term or, or not necessarily term, but you you've heard the saying, I had to get myself out of the way. Have you ever heard that, EJ? Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think that means when someone said I had to get myself out of the way? Um, like he had to stop. Speak up, son. Like he had to stop looking at it from a, I guess, surface level and realize that this shit is or this shit is bigger than me or bigger mm-hmm. than you. Because um, I could, like, go on, but I feel like that's... No, go ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, well, there's this speech. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. Let me see who it was real quick. But it was basically this speech called This Is Water. And essentially what the whole point of the speech is that this guy, he's doing a commencement thing at a graduation, and he's saying, nobody really knows where you're going to go after you graduate college. We don't really know what's going to happen or anything like that. Then he connected it to saying, try to enjoy the mundane shit in life. Mm-hmm. Because if you can enjoy like even the smallest things that like incite some form of childlike wonder in you, then everything seems so much more bearable and manageable because you can realize that it's like he connected it to this analogy that he um, said in the beginning that he kind of used at the end of the novel. But he was saying, you're like a fish. And a fish, it just... The novel or the commencement address? Oh, my fault. Commencement address. Did I say mm-hmm. novel? Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, this thing that he carries throughout. And he's saying, a fish, they just swimming through. Like, they just going, like, going to the beat of their own drum. Mm-hmm. Realizing there's water or environment or things happening all around them. Mm-hmm. But they're just navigating through it as best as they can. And so, he connects that to people saying that... <laughs> Even the smallest things that can, like, make us mad. Like, let's say somebody cut you off in traffic mm-hmm. or it's taking long as hell to, like, get some groceries. Um, at the end of a day when you don't, like, probably came in at, who knows, 8, 9, or maybe even 6 o'clock at work, depending on how early you get up. And then you stay there for hours on end. And the last thing, and the thing that you want to do most is just get home, chill, do whatever you got to do, and then just kick your feet back. But he's saying there are all these inconveniences and all mm-hmm. these things that cause you the most irritation. But if you can look at this is water, this is mm-hmm. this is bigger than me and just not look at it from, oh, this is an inconvenience to me. But rather, this is an environment or this is somebody else's reality. Because, OK, because to take it a step even or to take it a Come step on, further with it now. Oh, okay. Right. Come oh, on. OK. But to take it a step further, it was saying that. Um, Oh, the thing that you'll be saying, like perception, our perception can be our reality. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it is their reality. Mm-hmm. And so if you perceive that everything is this inconvenience to you and that the universe is set out to fuck with you mm-hmm. and it's going to just strip you down and it's completely everything is centered around. This is going to fuck me up mm-hmm. rather than this is just something that just plays out the way it plays out. And we're all subject to the 
I don't know, arbitrary stuff that that happens in it. And so it's saying like, let's say if you're in a grocery store, coming back to that, and the checkout line is going real long and you see a child uh, or you see a mom that's yelling at their child or saying like, hey, stop doing that or something like that. Don't look mm-hmm. at this. Oh, she may always be like, um, she always must be like this. Like this, this, I don't know the way she's yelling at her child. She's telling her these things that I would never say, but not realizing who knows, maybe that child been doing something and I'm getting on her fucking nerves. Yeah. yeah. And maybe otherwise she's a very nurturing mm-hmm. mother, but it's just in that you moment. You see that little snippet. Right. And you run with it. Yeah. Because it's. Connecting back to psychology and this whole spirituality thing, like it kind of intertwines. That was a thing we learned where um, that's an actual concept people ponder, like um, bad person or bad day. Mm-hmm. And so we attribute little instances or little snapshots of people's character that we see throughout a given day. And we try to make whole rationalizations and judgments that, oh, this, mer- this person must be like this. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that we don't have any idea What's mm-hmm. going on? Because you never know anybody's story and you mm-hmm. never know what goes on behind closed doors. Even the people who may post like every little thing that they do on social media, there's something mm-hmm. that probably they choose to remain private. Or, that, no, I don't think that came out right. What? That they choose to keep private. Oh, I know what you meant. I, I, I didn't say anything, but I knew what you, I knew what you meant. Excuse me. Appreciate that. But yeah, um, I guess connecting it back to the whole this is water thing, he was saying that if you can learn to realize that all that isn't set out to hurt you, it's just the way things play out. And if you can find the joy, or if you can find joy in the smallest events, then everything just seems so much, so much better than that. Um, I I agree. I was listening to you, and I was thinking about something. And when you were saying, you know, this is water, we get up every day, right? And we have absolutely, positively... Oh, David Foster Wallace, my bad. Who, what? That was the person who made the commission. Oh, this is water. Okay. Um, Send that to me. I may use that in the professional development. I like that that concept. But we get up every day, and we have absolutely, positively, no insight on what is ahead of us. You know? Mm -hmm. You ever thought about that? Like, when we, actually, we don't even have any insight on what's going to go on in here. We're sitting here. We're talking. We don't have any kind of superpower that would let us know if the ceiling is going to cave in or not. We don't have any kind of superpower, you know, that's going to let us know. Mm, it's a squirrel on the power line and it's about to you get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's funny because I remember when that happened at the old neighborhood. It, right. It wasn't a squirrel but it was a raccoon. Fucking raccoon that was, fucked up everything. Yeah, you know? I was chilling in the living room playing GTA and then next thing I knew because we had company over too, didn't we? I can't remember. Uh, it was something always going on with the fuck because we lived in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like... I, I don't know what possessed me to buy a house in the middle of the woods, but the raccoon was fried. I mean, raccoon was fucking fried, and it was a rite of passage for EJ because he had to get the shovel and move the raccoon, and he was scared because Carson and Lay were there, uh-huh. and the the and raccoon had- died on top of the. Uh, basketball goal Mm -hmm. and i was like you know i would have done it just because i'm a g like that 
but I have a son. And it was a rite of passage for him. And, and hey, he was scared of shit. But like, I don't know. Especially when I rolled it over and saw the maggots and stuff. Yeah, but you knew that it was dead. It wasn't right, like that. But you thought the spirit of the raccoon was going to come out and get you or something? I don't even think it's that. It was just like, uh, hmm. Well, I was proud. I was a proud mom that day. EJ shoveled. I know he probably vomited about 12 times on the inside, but he shoveled the raccoon up. And oh my God, it it was crazy how the little, the little claws. You know, they had all come together, and mm-hmm. it, it was just... Body it, was, like, real stiff. But just like, like a dead person. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but just like a dead person, <laughs> you know? <laughs> a dead person not moving, it's just, like, there. And um, he picked the raccoon up, you know, he shoveled the raccoon up and put it, you know, in the woods or what have you, but... Getting back to what I was saying, I mean, we get up every day and we have no idea what the day, you know, what what lies ahead in the day. You know, I have the 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 thought that we're going to walk out of here and we're going to get in the car and, you know, we're going to stop by Chick-fil-A and we're going to see Mr. Edward or we're going to stop by McDonald's and see the older white man. Um, that's always at the window or the, the, the <laughs> white guy, you know, and then I drop you off at school mm-hmm. and I, I say to you what I say to you, you know, have an amazing day. But even if you can't, don't you dare go fucking up somebody else's. I get up Monday through Friday with that thought process, but I never really know. I never really know if I'm going to make it back home. I don't know if you're going to make it back home. So I refuse to leave out of here in a way that I'm not prepared for the day ahead. So if that means, you know, making sure that I got my nap on Sunday so that I can be well rested for the week. If that means not responding to any emails, text messages, anything the whole weekend to recoup my sanity, I have no problem doing that. If that means, you know, detaching myself from the world, from everybody, and making sure that those who need to know, know that I'm okay, I'm just taking a little time for myself, I'm perfectly fine with that. Because my best is not every day. I have naturally curly hair, but it's not that way every day. Sometimes I don't put enough product in it, or sometimes I don't put any product in it at all. And it's fuzzy. It's dry. It looks brittle. But when I take my time to co-wash it and put my leave-in conditioner, uh, put my, my, my apple and aloe oil and my uh, curling cream, shh. Fresh haircut, I'm set for the day because I feel good. So I'm ready to take on anything that comes my way. From a religious standpoint, I used to hear, you know, older people saying, I got my sword and shield. I got my armor on. When I look good, when I feel good, when I smell good, when I think think good about myself, I can't do anything but have an amazing day. But if I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, my legs hurt and this hurts and oh, I forgot I got to do this. 
I'm setting myself up to have a horrible day. My perception and my reality, uh, or my perception is my reality, because I deal with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. You know, I'm pulled in a lot of different directions. When I come home, I'm pulled. You know, my mother has things that she wants me to do. My friends, my family, my my students, other administrators. Mm-hmm. And that becomes very taxing after a while because I don't have anybody to pour into me. And when I don't have anybody to pour into me, just like anybody, I lose it. And I become irritated. And I was telling the person I've been dealing with, <laughs> right. It's just, I don't, it's very dysfunctional at times. But anyway, I was having a conversation with him. And he said to me, he said, um, Edwina, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm jealous. And I don't want to think about anybody getting your, your, your attention, the time the attention and the way that you make me feel, I don't want to ever think about another man getting that. And I listened to him this particular day because any other time I'd have been like, well, she is. You better get used to it. Um, But I knew that he was coming from a place of vulnerability because that's not something easy to tell a person, man or woman. And I listened to understand, not to respond. And um, it also let me know that that is something that had been on him for a while. And you know how brave you got to be to tell a woman or a man how you really feel? Not surface, but how you really feel? That takes a lot of courage. Whether he was looking in the mirror and having a conversation with himself, because I do it all the time. You ever practice what you're going to say before you say it? All the time. You know? So I respected that, and I was like, okay, he's coming from a place of vulnerability, and, you know, I need to check my jokes or what have you. And so in that conversation, he was like, when did you get into astrology? And I said, I'm not into astrology, but what I need you to do is open your brain a little bit and think outside of the box. It's about spirituality and mentality versus physicality. So wait, wait, wait. Can you run it by me one more time? So I said, it's about, I'm not into astrology. It's about spirituality and mentality versus physicality. So our body, that's the physical, right? So your body, this body was released out of my stomach because you cesarean, C-section shit. I can't get it out. Um, <laughs> right, was, huh? I was seeing this thing on Twitter. It said, how are you going to claim to have a birthday and you were C-section? That was your release date. Okay, I don't quite get that, but... I thought it was funny. It's strong over my head. Maybe you could tell me later. I don't really get it, mm. but okay. Moving on. Right. So, um, I, I, I birthed you mm-hmm. in 2005. So this body has been transformed so many ways from you were born, I think you were like seven pounds, 
19 ounces and some shit. I don't really remember. I should, but I don't. I know you were 7 pounds for sure. And 19, 19 inches, not 19 ounces. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? 19 ounces. Man, you didn't correct me, so pounds. I forget the ounces, which is like 19 inches. So, 19 inches long. So, from a physical standpoint, your body, mm-hmm. the body, is 17 years old. But your spirit is not 17 years old. You get what I'm saying? I can dig it. And so, that's what I was trying to explain to him. I was like, you know... You are fixated on astrology. And you're even making this comment. Or the reason that you're making this comment is because that's something that you don't know anything about. And you're fearful of it. So what do people do when they're fearful of something? They resist it. No, don't bring that over here. Don't bring that marijuana over here. What's wrong with a plant? You know? Or... Or don't 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 bring that healthy food over here, motherfucker. You three fifty. You might want to eat some. Don't bring that coke over here. You know, don't bring right. Don't bring <laughs> that coke over here. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't trying to ruin my life. So, um, and that's out of fear, you know. Cause I tell somebody that you know, hey, don't bring that coke over here. I'm fearful because of the life that I have worked to establish thus far. For you and myself, I don't want to lose that. You know, you know what I do for a living and going in and out of correctional facilities that keeps things into perspective for me. And I don't want to take a chance on losing that and possibly never. I'm, I'm trying to go higher. I don't want to take a chance of losing what I currently have and never getting back here again. Mm-hmm. I know how hard it was. And I'm not willing to take a risk of losing it. I know how hard, not not just from a materialistic standpoint, but I know how hard it was for me to um, obtain my peace, obtain my sanity. Do you know the detriment? And you a nasty little sucker gone. I I already knew you was going to do that. (laughs) But do you know, excuse me, the detriment and the psychological distress that incarcerated men and women um, they have to deal with, man, it's survival of the fittest. And so I'm grateful, like you said, it's bigger than me. What I do, oh, shit, it's much, much bigger than me. I just so happen to be the person that the universe decided to utilize to do the work. I'm impacting not not a couple of people or a couple of hundred thousands. And so because I am impacting that many people, that means that I come in contact with a lot of people. And there's something about me that's magnetic that makes them drawn, you know, that, that makes them like like wanna be around me. It's a gift. Not a talent, it's a gift. My talent is I have the ability to interact with people no matter where they are on the spectrum. That's what draws them into me. That's the gift. That I can walk inside of 
a correctional facility and not feel threatened. Actually, I feel more at peace. Because I'm in survival mode. They're in survival mode. We're relatable. Not on a power trip. No need to be. I'm a guest in your house. I respect people. I respect positions. I respect environments. You get it? Mm-hmm. You looking at me crazy. You got something to say? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No, I was just thinking something that you were saying. And I was listening to you. What were you thinking? Um, uh, I don't know. Just that part where you were saying about how it's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And I was going to sound kind of... I don't know if this going to connect or if it's going to connect to you. But um, you remember that point where I was saying, hey, Ma, can I work in like funeral home or something like that? Mm-hmm. All right, so... No, nah, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going... <laughs> I was I'm like, going... what? <laughs> no, nah, okay, okay. But when you said it's bigger than me, it reminded me of this thing that I kind of had thought about. So, and before I say it, like, when I say fascination, I mean in the sense that it's like, it's kind of intriguing and kind of interesting, but basically... you fascinated with dead people? No, like, okay. Not that... Not just fascinated with dead people. It's... You're looking at me crazy, Mom. <laughs> it's, not, it's not very encouraging. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to let you land this plane. Come on. But basically, all right, so you know how there's a trend of people dying young recently? Like, there was the comedian who I told you I really rocked mm. with. Has, like, kids and... Mine and Layla's class, this and like died in random incidents, some people over shooting, some car accident. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I say it's kind of like a fascination, it's not in the sense that like, oh, I really want to know everything about like this person's life or like something like that, but just a matter of like, wow. When we die young, it's considered like a tragedy and stuff like that. And it's, it's viewed as a tragedy because people always wonder what could they have done had they been able to be here some, some more. And I think about that with myself because I didn't contemplate being a part of, oh, I'm want to die younger than like that. It was just, I would always, I'm not going to lie, I would get scared sometimes. Like after that whole car accident, it was like, wow, this, we an inch away from death like every day. And so as long as I'm here, then it's like slowly and slowly I've come to the realization that like, dang, I can actually live on technically through other people. Like you being an advocate for me or being an advocate for, um, what's the nickname? I could <laughs> Miss Strong Voice, you know what I'm talking about? Hey, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, I got you. Yeah. But like being an advocate for me or her or mm-hmm. all these different ways that you can show charity and little acts of kindness. And it just made me think about myself. Like, I want to. I don't know. I don't know where life's going to take me or what's going to happen, but as long as I'm here, I want to at least try to be there for some people. Like, if You are. I, feel, I guess, like, I don't see it. Yeah, you are. Well, hell, mm-hmm. I didn't see it for, excuse me, a very, very long time. And going back to what you said about, you know, dying young, who who came up with you should die old? You, the again... The physicality, people try to connect the physicality. This is just me. I'm not saying I've done research or anything. I'm. This is how it makes sense to me. 
People try to connect the physicality with the mentality and the spirituality, and they are not the same, okay? Because when this physical body diminishes, the spirit goes somewhere else. The spirit doesn't just stop. It transcends into something else. It's like Erica Badu said, I ain't need to transcend all this, man. You know, you don't, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't just stop. You know, I, I'm not speaking into existence, but if I stop breathing right now, this body of mine diminishes, but my spirit lives on. It's related to time. We'll never have September, whatever today is, at whatever time it is. Again, not in this lifetime, we won't. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So when an individual's physical body diminishes, then I think that assignment has ended. And you have to understand, it's much, much bigger than you, myself, or anybody else. We're all on a mission, whether we think we are or not. And once that mission is completed, game over. <laughs>